I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to episode 48 of The School for Dumb Women, the podcast that explains things to you that you've been pretending you know about for years. Never again will you feel stupid at a dinner party. I'm your host, heats up ready meals and serves them as her own, Hannah Farrell. My specialty is yellow pasta lump. With me is, doesn't have enough mates to host a dinner party, Alexandra Haddo. Me and the divorce guy from next door actually sit on my bed and eat chips, Hannah, and that counts. And cookbook lover, Caroline O'Donoghue. If you lightly heat the cookbook for a half an hour on a low heat, the pages are delicious and only 35 calories a page. Mm-mm. This week we're asking why tube stations have such stupid names, why an old man who evaded dinosaurs is our hero, and why we get cranky if we don't drink leaves every day. On with the show! Caroline, you've chosen to morph into a large fly wearing a loose polo neck this week, and quite frankly, you look fabulous. Uh, Hannah, I, um, I'm on the podcast today, and, uh, you know, I'm just talking about this guy. Uh, he sort of is famous for his delivery and emphasis on strange words. Yes, and lots of silence. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was the worst Jeff Goldblum impression ever. He's, uh, yeah, that was very uncomfortable for me, but I tried. So. I thought it was Christopher Walken having a stroke, so. <laughs> and he well, also. What's your Jeff Goldblum impression? Show us. Um, okay, hang on. I only recently watched him on Graham Norton, so I know a little bit about his recent baby. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, what is your Jeff Goldblum impression? I, uh. I'm striking my chin now. Okay. Have a food truck sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that is excellent. That's quite good. Yeah, that's that that really captured it. Oh, thank you. To be fair, I think I sort of warmed up the seat with this one, so I think it was <laughs> it was harder for me to go first. So yeah, I think I should get the credit for that. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, Jeff Goldblum. A weird one, isn't it? Be- he is the internet's darling these days. What He's is that about? Having a moment, isn't he? He's yeah. beca- he's got to that age of celebrity where like I think he was he's always been a bit weird and cool but now because he's older and weird and cool he literally gives no fucks and now everyone's kind of in love with him. Right? And to be fair, I mean I I like Jeff Goldblum and everything and he's been working for a long time and I sort of know him from a lot of different things so he's definitely got that that sort of reassuring face of the celebrity actor and he's yeah. kind of a character actor so he's not like an intimidatingly attractive person. Yeah. Um, but like is there like is there really a reason he should be the most like loved person on the internet? He's very attractive. 
Do you reckon? Yeah. I no, actually he's... think he's more attractive now. Yeah, like... no, no, that's what I mean. He's yeah. he's got more attractive. And also he's kind of turned into, you know, Taika Waititi, that um, director from New Zealand. He's kind of got the same thing going of like amazing shirts and just dressing really snappily. Mm. And like whenever GQ or someone is doing like a photo shoot, they just take really good photos. Yeah. yeah. And they, they tend to go viral every time he does a lovely photo shoot with some lovely clothes. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to sort of figure out once and for all where we stand on Jeff Goldblum as a podcast. Mm. Like, I see. I think there's positive feeling toward him. But what do we really know about him? Where did he come from? Like, I, yeah, I feel like Are we ready I... to come, like, especially with Me Too happening and everyone's a pervert apparently, are we ready to like sort of nail our colours to the mast with Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> Well, I feel like he did arrive on the earth at age sort of 35 to 40, actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, a little background on, on old Goldie. Uh, Bloomy. <laughs> <laughs> so he was born in 1952. So he's old as hell. Oh my God, he's older than my dad. Yeah. He's, he's slightly younger than my dad. He's 60, what is he? 63. 60, no, 66 no. this year. 66. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, he's 66. So he's, he's old as hell. Hasn't he got a baby? Yeah. And that's mm. going to... So later on, we're going to decide when we decide whether or not we like him or not. Okay, that's part that's of it. That's part of it. I see. Um, so he's born in Pittsburgh in 1952. Um, his parents were Russian Jewish. His mother was like a radio broadcaster, which is kind of cool, considering oh, he was like in the her. 50s. Mm. Yeah, cool, right? Mm. Um, his father was a doctor. Um, fairly, you know, normal upbringing. Yeah. Um, he... Got, sort of got interested in acting when he was a teenager and um, moved to New York, got a job. It's all very normal. There's not really anything that interesting that happens. No, he, no struggle? Not much of a struggle? Not really. Like, um, there's a story about how he, like, uh, sort of arrived at, uh, on the set of Invasions, of you know, the film Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Oh, the yeah. very famous 70s. He had a very small part in that and he was doing a line reading and apparently he said it, like, in a really, like, stuttering way because he couldn't quite remember it and he was like I we have to get on um the boat and apparently the director loved it and he was like oh this is my thing apparently if I can just talk like I normally talk oh really like I can just do my thing and that's great so uh, then he went on to be in Jurassic Park and Independence Day and uh I mean so many things he was in Law and Order he was in The Fly he was in fucking Friends, Will and Grace. He's done rom-coms. Um, so I think what it is with Jeff Goldblum is that, first of all, for our generation, he was really present when everyone became culturally online. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was there at most people's awakening. I call this, um, I think, same thing about Leonardo DiCaprio, but in a different way. It's the it's baby duck syndrome. Do you know what I mean? Right. Do you know oh, how like, he the imprints. He imprints, yeah. So like when we cracked our fucking little horny beaks out of our shell, the first thing we saw was Leonardo DiCaprio in the Titanic, right? Yeah. yeah. Looking, looking like a beautiful golden orchid. Oh, God, and he was and we so all beautiful. just I know he was so beautiful. And then in the beach, he was so beautiful. He yeah. was so beautiful for like a decade, which is you know. As long as anyone's supposed to be beautiful. Yeah, now he's young Jack Nicholson. Totally. But like, I feel like people still sort of like are attracted to him. Oh, because yeah. Because they imprinted with like a baby duck, right? And we've done the same with Jeff Goldblum. We're like, nope, we follow you wherever you go because you were there when we came online. But what was his, what was his big film? <laughs> See, that's the thing. I think because he never had like a soaring stardom. Because he was always like a character actor. Yeah, he was always like mm. second or third billing, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because he just accumulated so many of those types of roles, like he's done every kind of genre of film. So that's the other thing that like, no matter who you are, whether like you're 
you know, a child, an older person, like our age, whether you're gay or straight or whatever, he has appeared in media for you. Yeah. yeah. So he's done Law and Order and Will and Grace. Like he's done kids films and horror films. Like I've, he's done everything. I've got a theory that it's because he was, as you say, as the internet was sort of properly awakening and things were going viral or whatever, he was the first celebrity to have rumoured to be dead. But because it, the news wasn't as fast moving these days, it went on for about a day and then he responded in really good humour, I think. Really? And like really took the piss out of it and was like, I'm not dead or something like that. I can't remember what it was. And like people used to ask him about it and that yeah. sort of like brought a little bit more of his persona into like the Jeff Goldblum fandom, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Rather yeah. than just like, here's this cool guy that's been in loads of films. He's actually taken the piss out of himself for this like death rumour. Like, I think there's definitely, like, a certain sort of a uh, fame attached to those actors who are, like, baby boomers. They're, like, in their, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s. And they just seem kind of slightly with it. So people are like, yeah, he's my dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And, like, I think everyone does sort of see them as, like, cultural father figures. Like, I'm, I'm personally a bit obsessed with, you know, Sam Neill. Oh yes. yeah, and his like he's got also b- from Jurassic Park. Also from Jurassic Park. I God, guess. if he turns out to be a pervert, I'm going to throw myself off a bridge. He couldn't possibly because he spends all his time on his organic farm with his pigs. Oh, and all he does, he oh my God, you have to follow Sam Neil on Twitter. It's just him drinking, like getting sloshed on his farm with his pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. As you know, I love pig media. Yeah, you do. So, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it seems all pretty positive. Like I don't really have a massive like Gwyneth Paltrow style theory on all of this. I think he's just an actor who's been lucky enough to like work a really long time. He's got a distinctive voice and face and people have decided that he's our collective father. Yeah. But what do we really think? So I'm going to do the, tell you a series of facts about Jeff Goldblum. You're going to say whether you're for him or against him based on these facts alone and no other evidence. And then we will tally up at the end to see whether or not we are Jeff Goldblum podcast. Okay. Okay. So fact number one. Uh, when he was a teenager, he used to write affirmations for himself on the shower wall that he wanted to be an actor and then he would wipe them off because he'd be too ashamed. Oh, oh I'm so for him because that's just yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. So that was in the late 60s though. I don't know if affirmations were cool then. Exactly, right? That's kind of... They're cool if you wipe them off. Yeah. Yeah. He said like he was like he, he never had the courage to keep a diary in case like his dad Aww. found it or something. That's Aww. always what yes. I've had. Yeah. I've always been like, don't write that in case someone sees it. Yeah. Which is sad. So I think that's a definite unanimous pro. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, next fact he was born in you know 1952 his wife was born in 1983 mm, bit weird well you say that but that makes her 35 mm. and he's 66 he, there is literally the exact same age difference between uh, Jeff Goldblum and his third wife third wife let's remember and uh, my dad and my sister yeah, but I mean, what's wrong about that? Like, yeah, I think if we, if we give him the benefit of the doubt and assume it's true love, it's not mm-hmm. based on looks or feeling pressure to have a younger wife for whatever reason, anything like that. Um, I th- I say that's neutral. I think that's neutral. Neutral. So we get we we'll score that as zero. I mean, she's thirty five. That's not yeah. like you no, know, she's not a child. Yeah, no. exactly. So we're gonna give that a neutral. Yeah. Okay. Next fact: he met her at the gym. I think that's less. I think that's fine. It's not like he like stalked her out or something. Yeah, I think that's or like she much, approached him at a party. Less, really? Or something. I I yeah. feel like if I get approached by someone at the gym, but you don't know if he approached her or if she approached. He him. did approach her. That's the story. Oh, he I saw see. her at the gym. He thought oh. she was hot. He went over. Oh, I mean, as he said, like yeah. I, I approached her based on looks. Yeah, but as the only single person at this podcast, which I mention every week, 
People never speak to people anymore. And as long as you do it in a non-creepy way, mm. there's nothing wrong with walking no, up to I, somebody I, and saying, hey, would you want to grab a coffee? I think I think you're right. So is that a pro, con, or a neutral? I think that's a pro. Okay. Yeah, and also it's not like she was waiting in line to get something signed by him and he yeah, was Yeah, like, exactly. That would be weird. Her. Yeah. You know? And you know, she's a woman in her 30s, you know. Yeah, maybe she didn't even know who he was. But like, she would have been like a kid going to see Jurassic Park. Am I the only person who thinks that's weird? No. I, I think it's a bit weird, but I... I would fully shag Bill Nye. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't judge him for shagging me. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Okay. Bill, if you're out there, no judgment. <laughs> All right. Next fact. His wife is an Olympian. Oh uh, yes, I knew this. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe that's swaying my decisions because I know that she's like successful in her own right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, so she's I'm going to give that that a pro. That's cool as well. Although she does do the stupid ribbon thing, which is a negative for her. What's oh, that? is that what she does? Yeah, she does the fucking ribbon and ball <laughs> shit. Oh no! Yeah, oh no! Is, are we going to make that a con? Oh, um, I'm leaning towards con. Oh wow! Because she's, she's a rhythmic gymnast. Yeah, rhythmic gymnast, that's it. Come on, let's throw in a con. It's getting boring. Yeah, Come con, on, let's have a con. Con. Because she's a loser. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He tried to hire a prostitute at the age of 13 with a stolen $5 bill he stole from his father's wallet. Con. 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 Come on, Jeff. You can't claim naivety on that one. No. no. Okay, next fact. This is fun. We should do this with everyone. He used to be a pencil salesman. No. <laughs> oh, pro. 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 Defo, defo pro. Next fact, he's into wellness and he does juice cleansers. Oh, negative. Yeah. Con, con, con. But then con, again, he con. does look amazing. Yeah, I know, but get over it. Yeah. Uh, well, it depends whether he talks about the juice cleansers all the time, and I'd imagine he does. Yes, well, I suppose. If Caroline knows about it. <laughs> I have gone through his trash. Well, <laughs> and, um, I did read an interview with him, and he said uh, that him and Gina Davis used to be my Gina Davis. Did he? Um, yeah. Wow. Didn't um, that. And uh, they used to go on juice cleansers, and he used to do orange shits. Mm. Oh no! Oh, but I like that he talks about yeah, his food. Yeah, I like he talks about his food too. Yeah. Okay. Next fact: He um, frequently searches his own name on Instagram to see what people are saying about him. Oh, mate, I would do that. <laughs> I know. I think pro too. Yeah, fair. it's a pro that he admits it more than doing yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's hum- humility, isn't it? Yeah, fine. Okay. Um, he plays jazz once a week. He plays jazz piano. Yeah, I think that's fine. cool. That's cool too. Yeah. All right. So we have one, two, three. Four, five pros, and one, two, three cons. We're a Jeff Goldblum podcast. Wow. Okay, it's official. It's official. If someone would like to get that message to Jeff personally, <laughs> we would really appreciate it. Uh, right, we've just arrived for the woman who code mixer, and a bit awkward. It looks like there's someone else in the room. Can you see through the through oh, the window? Oh, there? oh my Goodness. god! Okay. Um, I don't really know what to do because we don't officially hire the space. We just sort of walk in every week. Oh, I just walk in looking confident. Yeah, yeah. let's just leave it? and not make a fuss and ask somebody else to do no, it this I, week. Yeah, I can't, I can't just walk in, Alex. Yeah. That's um, you know they look pretty dangerous. But it is either way. It is time for the women who code mixer. <laughs> So I decided to just send Caroline and Alex home and they were just so tired, yawning, hungover from last night's Women in Leadership Tech event, or WILT as it's known. Um, And what I did was I found someone who would do the Women Who Code Mixer with me in a tiny little stairwell. I would like to welcome to the mixer Rowan Ellis. Hi Rowan. Hi Hannah. 
Thanks for joining the Women Who Code Mixer. So I saw you online recently talking about the anti-LGBT videos that are popping up as ads on LGBT YouTubers' videos. And you are an LGBT YouTuber. I am. And so you must know all about this. So what's been happening? Um, so basically, on YouTube, obviously, everyone knows... If you're not watching YouTube videos, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Clearly doing something more useful. Yes. Um, <laughs> before or during videos, you can have ads pop up. And those ads are not something that the um, YouTuber themselves have specifically chosen. Um, they're kind of completely random. There are some settings that you can change to make sure that it's kind of in line with what you want. Um, but you don't have any control over specifics. And recently, there were some YouTubers, specifically LGBT YouTubers, but now we've realised it goes out into kind of other YouTubers as well who are getting these anti-gay ads on there the, there's a few different ones but the worst of which is like a very religious propaganda piece where a man basically just spends the entire time talking about how gay people are going to hell and oh that's like God. the whole advert um, bananas yeah like, I mean number one that that would even be an advert like exactly exactly um, and I think the, the difficulty is because YouTube is such a massive platform, the argument is like, what can they do about it, right? It's like, well, there are so many thousands of adverts that get run. Do you expect them to check every single advert? Yes. Yeah, I mean, that is essentially, yes, that is the that is exactly what but I'm going to say. But I guess you're saying it's all automated because otherwise mm-hmm. how could they get anything up in good time? Yeah, so the difficulty is that... Um, we don't know how it works, basically, is the issue. Um, so one option that I think people think is probably the most likely is that YouTube itself really doesn't have much to do with it. Um, this is something that is being... Uh, like, the ads are being kind of run through and targeted and everything using Google AdSense, maybe, or something that's that's different to YouTube itself. Sure. So it's this kind of third-party thing that's coming in. But I think that the difficulty is that YouTube itself is, is often talking about how much it likes to support its creators. Yes. Um, and so you'd imagine that this is something they'd want to investigate. But as of yet, there hasn't really been an official kind of reply to this. Um, and... You'd, you'd think that basically they'd be like, this is horrendous, we're going to get to the bottom of it, and that they will be advocating for the creators with whatever company they are working with in order to like serve the ads onto people's videos. Sure, yeah. Um, but that doesn't really seem to have happened yet. Um, and there's been a couple of other kind of LGBT-related controversies around YouTube. So mm. there was something called Restricted Mode, which is something that you could put on. Um, normally the idea was that you'd use it for kids or teenagers um, or at schools and stuff so that certain videos weren't included in search that might be inappropriate. But alongside those came a lot of LGBT content that was very much appropriate for children. I yeah. have a video on my channel which is Restricted, which is specifically about a representation of LGBT characters in children's media, ironically, um, that that gets blocked out so kids aren't, can't see it. And that's so, mad, because that's exactly what kids who maybe don't exactly know what being LGBT is or think they might be LGBT, that's exactly what they need, right? Exactly. So that was a really big blow because I think that this was something that had been going on for a really long time it's just no one knew about it because by its nature like restricted mode you had to have it on and it doesn't alert you when one of your videos has been flagged for restricted mode oh, okay. so you had to go into your channel um with the mode on and off and basically cross-reference your your page and it's still going on now that that was a year ago that i sort of i made a video about it and got to talk to youtube about it and they've said that they'll do something but i mean the response to that was super slow there was a really bad statement they put out um, and then they put out a better one, but it doesn't really. We kind of hope that they'd learnt something from that, and it doesn't really yeah. seem like they have because this is. You'd you'd really hope that they would f- there would be some kind of human connection in terms of like, 
oh, this is bad, let's talk about what we can do. Whereas at the moment it seems very PR-y. It's very kind of like, mm. oh, we won't say anything yet. Let's get all that and all. Like, let's talk about this first. Let's work out a statement. And I think that's what's kind of frustrating more than anything for these creators that um, YouTube likes to often like bring out and be like, look how diverse we are. Look at all yeah. of these gays. And then it's kind of when something like this happens to us, it doesn't really there doesn't seem like there's necessarily support um, back the other way. And, and especially, I think, because there's, a, there's also been a wave of LGBT content that's been flagged for demonetization, which basically means that it's been decided that uh, it's not suitable to have ads run on it at all because they don't think it's suitable for advertising. Oh, wow. Um, which means that essentially it's like, well, either you don't get it advertised on because they've demonetized it, or you do, and it's in anti-gay adverts beforehand, which means that these vulnerable people who have come to your videos in order to try and find some kind of, like, solace or community are actually being told that they're going to hell immediately before they're trying to watch this content. So it's it's a really difficult kind of situation at the moment that I think's kind of all accumulating together and the frustration from the community is basically like we don't really see anything being done about it yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully that will change, but I think it's just, it's that waiting and not being sure and I think that feeling of being undervalued on top of feeling undervalued because of what the situation is, the response kind of isn't helping. Yeah, completely. And Rowan, um, if people want to see your amazing LGBT YouTube videos, how can they find you? Um, well, you can um, search Rowan Ellis on YouTube. It's me and a man who I think does bodybuilding videos, so you will very quickly work out which one is mine. <laughs> Thank you for speaking to the women who code. Thank you for having me in this small booth that we have made <laughs> in a corridor. <laughs> Out of two fire doors. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of dark. That's bad. Yeah, that's very bad. Very horrible. Why? Why are YouTube? Why? Why all these huge like social media tech companies just like, oh, you can't respond to somebody really bad and say the f- the f word, but um, we'll keep those shit things up. Yeah, yeah, it's so stupid as well because they have all this like there's all this press about how like oh Google and Facebook and YouTube they're controlling the world. They have all these estimations that are worth like several billion dollars in revenue. But like whenever anyone tries to hold them accountable for anything, they're like, oh, we're just a little yeah. a little tech company. We <laughs> don't know. We don't know. We can police everything we do. Yeah, Jesus it's like you Christ. should be able to police everything you do. You should have built it so that it was pleased. Agreed. Anyway, Happen. so that was. Uh, Pretty interesting woman who code mixer, actually. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad we found a tiny stairwell to do it in. <laughs> I'm glad we went home hungover. Oh, Wilt. <laughs> they can party. <laughs> Wilt sure can party. I'm wilting right now. So, Anna, you've painted yourself blue and snaked here under the uh, floorboards tonight. You were imitating the Victoria line, is that right? I am indeed, and actually two of my stations are far too close together for comfort. Oh, why? Which ones? Just an anatomical deformity. (laughs) Oh! It's quite normal. Um, Yes, this week I asked Twitter if they had any dumb questions. I am at Hanvar, and the podcast is at DumbWomenPod, if you fancy it getting involved at any point. Um, And Carl, lovely Carl! Oh, Carl. Lovely Carl We love Carl. Carl is a real-life friend of the podcast. Yes. Um, so Carl's question was, how did they decide the names for the London Underground lines? Yes, Ooh. Carl Palmer. Good mm. question. Well done, Carl Palmer. Mm. Well, I know that they named the Jubilee line because it was uh, to do with the Queen, some sort of Queen's Jubilee. Yes, the Queen's uh, Silver Jubilee, which is why it is silver, I believe. Mm. Um, Bakerloo line, what do you think? Oh, I know this one, so I'll be quiet. 
Well, it go- I know it goes to Baker Street. Yes. Does that have anything to do with it? And? It- there's a toilet? <laughs> <laughs> it goes to Baker Street and Waterloo. Oh, of course. Um, and it wasn't originally named the Bakerloo line, but it was called like the Baker Street and something and Waterloo line or something like that. And then everyone just kept saying Bakerloo because it was quicker and it was funny because it has loo in it. Exactly. Yeah. And so they changed its name to the Bakerloo line. It's kind of cool. And then you've got the district line. It goes out to the districts. The circle line originally was in a circle yeah. until it got its tail added. Mm-hmm. Now it looks like the snake off of the old Nokia game, doesn't it? Yes. yes. Like you're about to die. It's like, oh, I've just lost. <laughs> yeah. Hammersmith, the city line, it goes through Hammersmith. It goes and the, to city. the city. Why is the northern line called the northern line? I imagine because originally it didn't go south of the river. And maybe then they added that on. It was actually going to go further north. Um, there was plans for a big extension for it to go really quite far north, further than it is now, um, which they actually cancelled. But they kept the name, the Northern Line. Oh, okay. It does go pretty far north. It goes pretty far north, oh, yeah. Once we get to Highgate. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Piccadilly Line, I believe it's just named because it goes through Piccadilly Circus. Piccadilly Circus is named after a Piccadill. Guess what a Piccadill is? A small oh, mammal. Isn't it like the, the relish, isn't it? So a piccadill is a large ruffled collar that was the height of fashion in the late 16th and early 17th century. That's so weird. Yeah. That's like the bum bag line. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a tailor called Robert Baker who made piccadills um, and built a big house in 1600s. And everyone was like, that's a really grand house for a lowly tailor. Um, And so people started calling it Piccadilly Hall. As in like, oh, ho, ho, ho. He thinks he's living in a hall. He's only a tailor. I don't know. People are assholes back then. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, they called it Picketed Circus when the junction was built there. Yeah. Obviously, if you don't live in London or go to London regularly or know a lot about London, um, this might not make any sense to you. So, sorry. <laughs> but please know. do come and visit. It's rather grand. Yeah. For our live do. show, maybe, on June 21st, if you yeah. feel like it. Yes. So we can offer you no free accommodation or travel. <laughs> but it'll be worth it. And the tickets are only £5. So the names of the lines are kind of straightforward. They kind of, you know, indicate something about where the line was going or what kind of it stemmed from, like what area it stemmed from. But actually the... Um, the names of the stations, I think, are quite interesting as well. I want to have a little game with you guys. Is this a real station or did I make it up? Ooh, Ooh okay. Look. Okay, first one. This. Parsons Green. Real. True. Yep. Yeah. Preston Cross. Fake. Fake. It is fake. Northwood. Real. Collindale. Real. West Tufnell. Fake. fake. Walford East. Fake. Fake, that's EastEnders. Yes. That's yes. <laughs> Cyprus. Real. Yes. It's on the DLR, though. Is it? It's the kind of like... Mm, I have a DLR. Toy train. Yeah, yeah. I never go on the DLR. Um, it's like a little extra uh, kind of train that goes in East London over the river. Yeah, it and does, it has yes. no drivers. It's I driverless. I feel like I'm on holiday when I'm on the DLR. Mm, you can sit yeah. at the front and feel like you're on a roller coaster. It's um, it's London's uh, most and simultaneously least favourite line in that it's lovely if you're on a sunny day and it's a Saturday and you don't have anywhere you need to go very quickly. But if you need to commute in the morning, it's rubbish because oh, it takes really? forever to do anything. You guys were very, very good at that game. Mm. I am impressed. One thing I'm curious about is uh, there are some areas in London because um, tube lines are extended all the time. And so new tube line, tube stations get invented. So it's like developers essentially name an area. So like yes. places like Canada Water, for years that was kind of a no place, right? That was just mm. like 
General Rotherhithe, which was didn't really have a very good name because it was quite rough back in the day. And now it's like, oh no, it's not Rotherhithe, it's Canada Water. Yeah, and why is it called Canada Water? It just sounds like shiny glass, it that sounds name. So yeah, it does, doesn't yeah. It? I don't know why Canada Water is called Canada Water, but I know that Cyprus, which we just mentioned on the DLR, is named after a housing estate, Cyprus housing estate. Um, and Beacon Tree, Beacon Tree, um, was also named after a housing estate. So sometimes mm. like they just built a new station and they were like, what's around here? Yeah. There is one called on the DLR called like Paradise Island or something. Island Gardens. Island Gardens. It's a <laughs> shithole. Yeah. Is yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. The Victoria Line uh, was not open when Queen Victoria was queen. Um, it was opened in 1968. Oh. But it was named after uh, Queen Victoria. The old Batlax. And apparently they were going to call it um, the Wolvik Line, like Walthamstow to Victoria. Wolvik. That sounds awful. That's very bad. Yeah, or the Viking line. Oh, that would have been cool. cool. Yeah. How are you getting home? Got to get the Viking line tonight. It was a mix of Victoria and King's Cross. Viking. Oh, Oh, that's good. Oh, I see. I kind of like that. So, should we come up with our own better names? But you will get pillaged. Oh, yes. Because what's great about um, some tube stops is that, like, they're so... Because every tube stop in London, like, every um, tube stop in any place in the world, really, it, it sort of becomes so associated with the kind of personalities that you see there. Yeah. So, like... Yeah. Um, like Knightsbridge is like like posh people go there, Harrods yeah. is there, and it's like such a grand name, like yeah. Knightsbridge, so it completely suits. But then some completely don't suit, do they? Like Elephant and Castle sounds really grand, yeah. but it's quite run. And it's you know, it's crap. It's crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, let's uh, let's uh, match up some some new names. Okay. Maybe. So what would we call the Metropolitan Line? The Metropolitan Line has air conditioning, rare. Mm. It has quite new trains. Um, it goes to some good areas. It goes to like Wembley if you're going there for a gig or something. Or some mm. people are going there for football. I think it should be called the Jeremy Clarkson line because it does go out to like Zone 9, which is um, Amersham. And it's basically in the Cotswolds. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, and Jeremy Clarkson lives. Actually, no, I hate Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah, um, who's nice that lives in the Cotswolds? <laughs> Why don't we just call it the Jeremy Arsholdson line? <laughs> yes. So that if and he every has time to... he has to take it in, yes. he's like, oh, oh, nice. Yes. The Jeremy Arsehole line. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, the Bakerloo line. It's a kind of old rickety line. The oh. color, the color of the line is brown. Their official color is brown. But also, um, everything in the trains tends to be very brown. The, yes. Like the cover. And the seats are very scratchy. It's very seventies that line. Yeah, it's, it's so seventies. Yeah. And the covers on the ch- on the seats are like no other line. It's like your grand's house. Yeah, and yeah. it always smells like this very exact smell. Do you know when you're emptying your Hoover bag? Yeah, <laughs> it smells yeah. exactly like that sort of musty, yeah, but sort of, of like mm. warm. Bleh. Yeah, it's like when you go into your airing cupboard a bit. Yes, you know I mean? it's like that f- mildewy, yeah. mouldy, yeah. like but warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's. But I wouldn't. I mean, but the same thing. Like, she's old, but she's reliable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like you're comfy true. on her. You know. Yeah, and and she, she doesn't have many. They're, they're all she's all tube stops to she's yeah. like ships, <laughs> and like she doesn't stop off and faff around in too many places. So you can get somewhere fairly. That quickly. is true. Yeah, you yeah. can get from Baker Street to bloody yeah, London Bridge fairly quickly. Yeah, true. Like in like eighteen minutes, I'd say. Mm. But you can. Um, uh, you. It's also the only line that I know of where you can like sit. Uh, apart from all those new ones where you can sit like in a four facing each other yes it's quite social isn't yeah. it yeah the rest of them are just like put your face on the fucking shelf and deal with it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay what's um what's sort of someone we can name after who's like 
like old and doesn't look great, but they're like reliable workhorse and there's a bit of Judy Dench. Yes, the Judy line. Although Judy she line. does look great. She does look great. Yeah, but that. we've said we've said it now. So. Yeah, <laughs> I'm still I'm still happy with the name. Yeah. yeah. What should we call the central line? So for Ugh. reference, the central line, mm, it's worst line. very long. It goes through kind of the middle of everything, east to west. It's so sweaty. It's so busy. It's yeah. It's, and it's probably it's, most people's least favorite line. It's the hottest it's you will ever be. Four centimeters from the core of the earth. Yes, yeah. honestly, like, that's how it feels. It's so hot. Should we just call it Dante's Inferno? Yeah. <laughs> I think we should just call it a sauna would be respite. But the thing <laughs> is, it's like if if we're going with the um the bloody the theme of you know after celebrities or whatever which we've been doing so far it's like it's this 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 person that like is shit at its job but yeah. because it's sort of like at the very very center of its sort of you know industry yeah. it, it, it just never has to improve it's just like fuck yeah. it you can't do anything without me so i'm just going to keep on yeah. being Who shit like it's the harvey weinstein of lines Right? Oh my god! Like oh my god, like Harvey yeah. Weinstein, most evil, terrible Satan man ever, responsible for some of like the greatest movies. And he looks very sweaty, <laughs> yeah. especially recently. Yeah, that's the Weinstein line. Yeah, and I assume he's very red right now with all yeah. the shame and embarrassment. Oh wait, <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> all right, Jubilee line, favorite of mine. I've always lived near a Jubilee line. Yeah, Jubilee line is um, quite central. It goes to some of the sort of like nice but lesser known areas mm. along like the kind of east of the river. Um, it has silver. doors. It has doors on some of the platforms. Like Apparently extra to stop doors. dust going down. Apparently dust on the uh, yeah. train lines is a big problem. It's very jazzy and all of the tra- trains when they come in are like, Ooh, but the Jubilee goes, Oh, and no, yeah. other, oh, yeah. no other tube does. This is quite, it's quite modern. It's quite slick. Yes, yeah, very it, slick. It sort of has um, kind of notions of sort of financial about it because it goes to Canary yeah, Wharf. It does. It's mainly to bring people to Canary Wharf. Yeah. So I do enjoy it. I have used it many times, but I also hate what it's associated with. I know what it is. Who is it's it? It's Benedict Cumberbatch. <gasps> oh, yeah. oh, very good. Because very it just good. came there from a rich family. Yeah. And it's like, Doesn't no, mean you don't no. like it, but no. you, are, you suspect it's privilege. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah completely. Yeah. Agreed. Also, um, the other guy, Tom Hiddleston, I would have accepted also. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> uh, my favourite line, I think lots of people's favourite line is the Victoria line because it's very quick and efficient mm. and it goes to lots of good places. Um, like my house. <laughs> Go and visit Hannah. <laughs> I reckon it's a really cool older lady that just gets the job done. So I think it should be Oprah. Oh, really? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. The yeah. Oprah line, yeah. Cool, I'm happy with that. Great. Okay, Northern Line. Um, lots of people don't like the Northern Line because there are a ton of stops and it takes forever to get anywhere. But it does cover a lot of locations. It's also got a yes. split personality because there's two branches and you're oh, never quite yeah. sure where Guys, you're going to end up. Oh, it's oh Kanye! Oh my God, it's Kanye. Fair. Black, brilliant and full of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carl, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> in some way and yeah if you want to tweet us a question or email us a question we are at dumbwomenpod on social media or dumbwomenpod at gmail.com on email hey dummies this is a very special dumb announcement that in celebration of caroline's debut novel promising young women and our first birthday we're having a live show oh amazing okay we should call it like a cool crossover name like um caroline's stupid novel or um dumb caroline book or promising dumb women yeah i like that yeah if you like shit names 
Well, either way, some dummy at Waterstones, Tottenham Court Road, decided to host our live show on the 21st of June 2018. And you can come! Find out how to get tickets from our Twitter or Facebook at DumbWomenPod. Or email us, dumbwomenpod at gmail.com, for details. Please come. I've worked very hard on my book. It is very good. I have read it. (laughs) I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So, Alex, I've taken a break from drinking my usual beans, and I'm drinking leaves now. How many leaves have you drank today? I've drunk approximately 18 leaves. Hannah, how many leaves have you drank today? <sighs> Only 12. Um, Not enough leaves. Mm. Not enough leaves. Well, uh, statistically, Caroline, you should have actually drunk the most because Irish people drink more tea. Section name. Section name. Tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when the name of the film comes up in the film. Yeah. yeah. Is this as good as it gets? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm doing tea for my section today. Um, I don't like coffee. I've always uh, preferred tea. Um, And I think it's cooler as well than coffee. Oh, you reckon? No, you're wrong there. And then, well, yeah, I wasn't proved right in terms of coolness, but it is the most drunk drink on the planet behind water. Hmm. It is huge. And guess where it started? China. China. (laughs) China. Uh, yeah. Oh, and, China. Oh, bloody China. <laughs> They're bloody teas. Uh, yeah, it started there, and now uh, the biggest producers are India and China. Mm. Um, I'm not going to go too much into the history of it. We all know what tea is. It's leaves crushed up, and then you put hot water in them, and it infuses in. Um, but I want to know if you're a tea drinker, and also... What biscuit is best to have with a cup of tea? Uh, chocolate digestive or oh. chocolate hobnob, actually. Oh, good choice. Yeah, yeah, I think chocolate hobnob. Yeah. Caroline? Well, many opinions on that, really. Depends on what kind of mood you're in. Uh, if I'm on a period, I want one of those um, bag of bakery cookies that are big and squidgy. Oh, not a jammy dodger. Mm. And they're just basically... <laughs> <laughs> and they're basically a big sort of squish. Oh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Big, fat squishes. Yeah. They're not even really biscuits. They're just kind of like dough. They're like like holding liquid though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. they get very waterlogged. Yeah. Um, but on a normal day, I like a, a chocolate Libins. 
Oh, oh, a Euro biscuit. A Euro biscuit, yeah. Oh, um, the little schoolboys. Yeah. I bloody love them. I don't care if they're trashy. God, they're um, so addictive as well because you bite so the chocolate good. off around the edge and then you... The chocolate is so good. The biscuit is so good. Like, I know people get all bloody Brexiteerish about their digestives or their fucking <laughs> yeah, it's bourbon very... biscuits, but that's the best biscuit. Biscuits are a very Brexity subject, I would say. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, agreed with both of those. I'd probably say... I'd probably say a Euro biscuit, actually, for mine as well. Yeah. Um, which is a, officially a Leibniz. Um, but we're, ba- <laughs> we're basically one of the only people that puts milk in their tea. Like, a lot of foreign people find this extremely weird. Um, yeah. Because, like, apart from India, they have chai tea and they do put a bit of milk in that. Um, and chai tea in India, well, tea in general in India is huge because they produce it there as well. But um, they also have, like, in, uh, you know, huge offices and a lot of industry has gone over to India and stuff, they have um, somebody whose express job it is to bring round chai tea for everybody, and they're called a chaiwala, which is what the guy in Slumdog Millionaire is originally before he goes on the show. There's a cafe near my house called chaiwala as well. Yeah. Uh, so and chai as well just is the word for tea. Yeah, it just means tea man. Walla yeah. is the oh, man so for name. So when you're saying chai tea, it's like tea tea. Yeah, walla is like man or person. So it's like tea person or tea man usually. Uh, it usually is a, a guy. Um, That's funny because you're generally the cliche we have here is a tea lady. Yeah. you know. Um, but obviously here it's like breakfast tea and in Ireland... I've heard that there's two, well, I was reading today, but you've told me before, there's two main brands of tea. Mm-hmm. And apparently yours are slightly stronger and slightly spicier than mm. ours. Yeah. Uh, one's called Barry's. Barry's is my brand, yeah. Yeah. Um, <gasps> Barry's and Lion's Tea. I remember that time when we worked in the same office and you brought a box of Barry's mm. yeah. to the office. And oh my God, it's the best tea I've ever had. I'm so glad that you said that because so many people are like, oh no, give me PG tips any day. Like, no, it's no. so much richer and just, it feels like a real drink do you know what I mean like, <laughs> yeah. I think I tried it and liked it as well because I love yeah. it too and you get a much more kind of a golden orangey colour from a berries as well mm. yes you do mm. um, yes, people get does. very very uppity about their tea like there's so many people who are like oh, they'll only do Yorkshire tea or they'll only do PG tips or whatever yeah it's true like there is actually there's a lot of there's a lot of snobbery with coffee but if you actually think about it with tea people are like yeah can I have it like dark don't have it milky that's the thing like, really yeah. fan- there's like, a lot of pretension around coffee but people don't really care do you know what I mean? Yeah, not, not, yeah. not in the UK, really. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're just a bit having fancy notions about it, but people like, yeah. have their tea preferences down to their blood. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the word tea is just from the Chinese character for tea, uh, which means a bitter herb. Oh, oh interesting. I know, yeah. That's which funny. is weird, because, like, I mean, I don't have sugar in my tea anymore, but if I'm hungover, put a sugar in your tea and you're set for the day. Mm. Definitely. You're fine. Or have, like, a Lipton's iced tea. Oh, yeah. No bitterness in that at all. So the weird thing I found out about, what I was the most interesting thing was like tea around the world, basically. So mm. here, like I was saying, berries or breakfast tea, Yorkshire tea, whatever. Um, in India, they do put milk in it, but everywhere else it's kind of herbal tea, like obviously green tea in Asia and stuff is really popular. Um, in America, 85% of their tea is consumed, how? Iced. Iced tea. Wow. Yeah, they don't really course, have tea. Yeah. Like, uh, like tea as as we know it. Oh, Americans, you're missing out. I know. I have a question actually about the word tea, which Caroline probably you'd be able to help with. Uh-huh. Um, since when did tea as in like gossip come about? That's a drag thing, right? That's a drag race. I, I, well, actually, the drag thing that I think was popularized by the show RuPaul's Drag Race. So, yeah. so what's the tea? Is like what's the truth? Like, tell me what's really going on here, oh, wow. kind of thing. And so then, like you know, tea, like hot tea, kind of thing. Spilling spilling hot tea was like a just gossiping kind of thing yeah 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 um, which is fun mm. oh I like that a lot yeah 
And um, you often gossip over a cup of tea. Yeah, it's very, it works on a number of levels. It's very mm. good. Yeah, so Americans mostly drink iced tea and it was invented. Well, not invented, but like the official sort of record of it uh, happening was in 1904 at the World Fair and everyone was um, very hot. So they just started putting ice in the tea and it cooled everyone oh, down. Cool. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, I've never really drunk iced tea. I would never, like, choose it. Mm, I don't fancy it at all. No. My mate swears by it for, like, a hangover cure. Yes, it's such a good hangover cure because it's just, you know, 90% sugar. Yeah. Mm. By the way, can I just say, herbal teas, apart from green tea Shite. and peppermint, are bullshit. Yeah. Like, anything, anytime you're like, oh, a blueberry and something tea, it smells amazing. It tastes oh, yeah, of hot, yeah. A taste of hot water. Completely. It's a bit like... It feels like a scented pen or something, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. It smells like a scented pen. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that like, smells mm. great. Water. Water. Yeah. yeah. And it takes forever to cool down because it's so hot because you haven't been able to cool it down with the milk. Yeah. And then you're like, ah, 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 burn, ah, burn. Uh, and then it's water. stone cold. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. It's rank. Then I got into, obviously, tea leaf reading. Mm. How, yeah. how strange of a thing is that? And Caroline, you're really into tarot. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, I don't mean it's similar as in like it's the same as tarot, but it just sounds something like one of those things that you could learn about and it would just be really fun to do. Yeah. You know? Um, so I think there are so many different ways that like different cultures and different people um, like find with divination. Yeah, it? that's what they share. Really, it's, it's like a like, bonding thing, really, and yeah. just like a chance to talk about like the future and you know, yeah, whatever. I think what it's mostly about is like the intimacy of the setting, isn't it? Yeah, you know? it's like someone concentrating mm. on you for a while. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the theory behind uh, tea leaf reading is that like, so you're supposed to obviously have loose tea, um, drink your cup of tea, and then put it down in the healer, the reader, the the person mm-hmm. uh will read uh you know what's what's in store for you and what and it's based upon apparently like the way that you hold the cup and how you've drunk it and how like you personally will move all those leaves about in the way that you drink it that's the sort of connection yeah, yeah. to it um and uh they're, they're using how the leaves are spread to try and uh, predict your future and tell you what you should do so uh just really quickly uh, I'm going to tell you the different shapes that Ooh, you're... Oh, yes, please. That you're, okay, so what I'll do is I'll read out the shape and then you can guess what you think it might mean and I will tell you. Okay, so these are common symbols in tea leaf reading. Um, an acorn. What do you think that might stand for? Uh, oh, fertility or Yeah, nature. or growth Ooh. or, you know... It's actually continued and improved health. Oh, that's nice. If you get that, oh, so that's good. good. Um, an anchor. Stability. Yeah. Um, it's a lucky symbol, which means success in business or love. Sure. Uh, but it does say, if the anchor is blurred or indistinct, it's the reverse. <laughs> oh, no. See, this is the weird thing with tarot as well, in that, like, if a card is upside down, it means the opposite meaning. Oh, God. And um, So, like, if you just, like, drop the cards on the floor, it could, like, change everything. Yeah. So I don't really do that. I don't subscribe to that. <laughs> Fair. Um, this is quite obvious, but a uh, heart. Oh, love. love. A lover. If close to a ring, marriage to the present lover. If indistinct, the lover is fickle. <gasps> uh, um, an owl. Wisdom? Oh, something new, I think. I find it very hard to believe that these very distinct shapes would be happening in my tea leaves. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If you had the proper qualifications, Caroline, you could see them. I see. Is it a bit like star constellations? Yes. I see. <laughs> Um, it's an indicator of sickness or poverty. The oh. owl? The owl. Owls are the richest or, animal. Or a warning against a new the venture. The richest animal. <laughs> what is your, what's your findings for the richest animal? <laughs> they do look wealthy. Yeah, yeah, they do. They look haughty. Don't they live they? in nice areas. Like lots of nature, like True. wooded areas. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, what about an, an elephant? They've run away to join the circus. Lust. <laughs> um, good luck, good health, and happiness. Oh yeah, elephants are lucky, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, yeah I guess they're so. rare. Okay. Uh, last one. Um, triangles. Christmas. <laughs> good at maths. Unexpected good fortune when you didn't realise it was going to happen. Um, oh. I'll end on some good old tea facts. Yeah. Do, do, do. In ten. In Britain, how many million cups of tea do you think we drink a day? 18. 18 million? Yeah. 40. 165 million wow. cups of day. That's cups a day. That's enough to fill 20 Olympic swimming pools. My God. But we're the third most prolific tea drinkers in the world. Name those two countries ahead of us. India. Ireland is one of them. Ireland ah. is one. I said India. Nope. Oh. China. Nope. Japan. Nope. Really? Nowhere in Asia? Nope. I don't know. Closer. Scotland? Closer to home. Nope. Germany? Middle East. Iran? What do you eat on Christmas Day? Turkey! Turkey! Oh. Correct. Um, the first record of an Englishman drinking tea was good old Samuel Pepys. Ah, yes, oh, him. him and his old diary. He said, afterwards I did send for a cup of tea, a China drink, of which I never drank before. Good old Pepys. Good old China drink. There are 207 patents out for tea strainers. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. It's not that complicated. It's just a tiny sieve. I know, yeah. Um, reading tea leaves is called tassiography, mm. which I didn't know. Um, and obviously it was discovered in 2737 BC by Emperor Shen Nong in China. Whatever. Yes, yes obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Old Emperor Shen, he's always taking our ideas. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, the last fact is my favourite fact. And then I ended up down a wormhole, but I'm not going to go into it today. But please do Google this um, if you're listening. Uh, official UK figures report that in 1999... 37 people went to hospital for tea cosy related injuries. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. And there was loads of articles around like 2000, 2001 about like, don't put your tea cosy on your head if it's had like boiling water in it. And stuff. <laughs> oh my goodness. So there was, so there was an epidemic of morons in the, uh, the turn of the millennia. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, enjoy your tea, guys. It's, uh, it's got a rich history. <laughs> Well, we're nearly at the end of the episode, but we've just got time for a smart lesson, which aims to teach us all how to become a smart woman. One of the things that smart women do very commonly, maybe once or twice a week, mm. is uh, they will be on a panel. A panel uh, of, a panel of yes. wood? Mm, yes, two by four. Oh, OK. Ideally, it will be a panel full of men, so you look even prettier next to them. Oh, great. Uh, but how do you do it? I think you have to have opinions about... Work and balancing motherhood? Yeah, yes. definitely about balancing work and life. Also, very important, I've been on a few panels lately. Oh, you're a smart woman. Yeah, I'm, I'm making the ascent into smart womanhood. Uh, one of the very important things that you do is that you complain about the kinds of questions people ask you on other panels. Uh, oh, yes. so they'll be like, but this panel's good, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, oh, you know, why can't we just allow women, because in fiction... 
because there was a fiction panel. Uh, why can't we just allow women in fiction to just, you know, make things up? We always assume it comes from their real life. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, men are allowed to have imagination. Women are allowed to have life experiences. What's that about? And then next question, we're like, so when I was in university and I wrote this book based on my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of at a weird stage uh, with the podcast where, like, we're making fun of stuff that we're actually doing. <laughs> Guys, I am going to be on my first panel oh, um, on Saturday the 16th of June. I'm going to be talking about this podcast. What? Oh my God, we're eating our own tail completely. It's so strange. We're gonna, I don't know how we're going to joke about this because <laughs> it's just so meta now. Yeah. But I think what I'm going to have to do um, is I'm just going to have to get up on stage and fart into the microphone. <laughs> Yes. And then quietly leave because, you know, Otherwise, what else is yeah. there to say? Yeah, of course. Well, what you should do uh, if you get stuck is if you if you don't know how to answer their question, answer their question with your own question, mm. then answer that question. Oh, I yes. like that. Yeah. So if they're like, uh, Hannah Barrell, what do you say about, uh, you know, uh, School for Dumb Women being poorly researched and, bi- <laughs> and biased against men? And then you go... Do I think there's a bias against men in podcasting? Yes, I do. (laughs) Someone's been media trained. I know. Actually, that's from the film Zootopia. (laughs) Which we saw together. Oh, yeah, we did. I loved it. (laughs) It's a great film, isn't it? Um, And I regret to inform you, Hannah, but um, for anyone that doesn't know Hannah, she has quite a cool tomboyish style, but I'm afraid to be on a panel. You must wear a floral dress and ankle boots. Oh, right. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'll get on ASOS straight away. Yeah, you must. Get your panel uniform on very much now. I also... Um, I know I'm going to have to be enraged about something. So, um, I don't know. Like, Alex, you you get very enraged about plastics. Maybe I could do that. Yeah, you yeah. can take that for me if you want. Uh, yeah. I mean, all, you know, we need all the rage yeah. we can get. You, you do I get... think there's too much plastic consumption in podcasts? Yes. Yes, yes, yes I, I do. do. Yeah, well done. What you need to do is, like, you need to be fairly cool for most of the podcasts and be, like, very gracious and, like, let other people talk. But then you have to reserve one little swearing moment where you show, like, you, you make it look like you're letting the mask slip when actually you're totally <laughs> in control. Yeah. Where you're like, yeah, it really fucking pisses me off how women are treated in this workplace yeah. and then you go I'm sorry but it does and everyone goes yeah correct oh. yeah um, say uh, the phrase working mums like me uh, even if you don't have kids oh brilliant yeah, yeah. yeah. like always refer to yourself as a working mum even if you're like an yeah. unemployed dad on a panel yeah or if you don't want to get cut out just keep going like, if you're a mum yeah. Like, which, if you're a mum, yeah. and like, uh, you, hopefully everyone will just assume that you mm. are one. Yes. Is that what you've done? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're a mum writing a book, it can be really hard, yeah. I, I'm sure. <laughs> um, don't wear a bra. That's key. Why? Um, because then somebody will pick up on the fact that you didn't wear a bra. Um, and then you can be like, "What? so I've done all this interesting work and important work on this panel, but all that's picked up on is that I didn't wear a bra, but you didn't wear a bra for well, the express the reason. The Daily Mail, basically, mm. is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hannah Farrell, nobody wore no bra <laughs> on a panel. Well, basically, you might be a somebody, Hannah, if you don't wear a bra on the panel. Mm. What kind of questions would I be allowed to ask the other panellists? Oh, oh, so this is great. This is like, so, you know, at the Q&A section at the end where like oh any questions from the audience and there's always like a lag of like three minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> of people no one asking questions no no questions no none. questions nobody then you ask a question to one of your fellow panellists be oh. like sorry I know I'm being a nerd and you, <gasps> everyone thinks you're so likeable and you've broken the ice and then there'll be loads of things that's such a power move mm, it um, is and, and then piss on them <laughs> <laughs> and also if people 
listening to this like events in a sort of panel format, they can come to our live event on the 21st of June. They can, yes. It's at Waterstones Tottenham Court Road in London. London. It's May called, London. <laughs> it's called Promising Dumb Women, which is a mixture of promising young women. Caroline's first book out of Rago Press, 7th of June. Me? A book? Never. I know. I couldn't. I've already had lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Dumb Women. This old thing. This, <laughs> this old hag. Get your tickets <laughs> now. It's uh, £5 for the show or £17 and it includes Caroline's book. Mm. And if you want to come and see me make a fool of myself at the BFI's Woman with a Movie Camera Summit, uh, it's on the 16th of June at the BFI in London. And uh, mm. probably just Google it. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to see Alex, you can see her in any bar, anywhere. <laughs> yep. Either drinking or performing stand-up comedy. When's Poss- your next gig, Alex? Probably both. Give yourself a little plug. Give yourself a little plug. Hide your northern shame for once <laughs> in your life. <laughs> plug your fucking career. Uh, if you want to come and see me do some comedy, uh, you can come, in fact, to the Boogaloo in Highgate this Thursday, the 14th, where I'll be performing. Or you can buy a ticket for a very small amount of money and come to the Bill Murray, where I'll be performing on the 30th of June. Uh, and it's called Comedy Box. And there's lots of great acts. And I'm getting paid for that one. So come to that one. You can stick money in Alex's Comedy Box. Please do. <laughs> do I think that's all we have time for this week? I do think that's all we have time for this week. <laughs> Thanks to Harry Harris for our jingle, Gavin Day for our logo, and Soho Radio Studios for the sweaty sound box we're in. Thanks also to Carl Palmer for asking us a question about tube lines. And of course, Rowan Ellis for telling us all about what YouTube is doing or not doing with those LGBT videos. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gross. That was so terrible. I'm so sorry. Um, are we actually going to finish on that? That made me feel a bit sick. I enjoyed I, it. Bye! <laughs> you know that instead. Thanks. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.